the desertion of a disciple, the desertion of a disciple. Could we turn tonight to the book of 2 Timothy? May I direct your attention to chapter number 4 and verse number 10. Brother Jeremiah, if you'll turn to 1 John chapter number 2, you'll be reading verses numbers 15 through 17. Brother Nathaniel, 1 John chapter number 2, you'll be reading verses number 18 and 19. Brother Jeremiah, 1 John chapter number 2, verses 15 through 17. And Brother Nathaniel, 1 John chapter number 2 and verses 18 and 19. Brother Jeremiah, would you read those verses for us tonight? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. All of those things are not of the Father, but are of the world. Brother Jeremiah, is that what is said? Yes, what three things? Are not of the Father, but of the world. Read that again. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eye, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Wow. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You mean all of these things in the world are going to pass away? The Bible said, the earth itself shall melt with a fervent heat. Brother Nathaniel, 1 John chapter number 2 and verses number 18 and 19. Little children, it is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Did y'all notice the word antichrist? They went out from us, for they were not of us. So they were of the spirit of this world, which is the spirit of antichrist. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Let's stand for the reading of our text tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 10. The Bible says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love and we praise you. We thank you for the privilege to be in the house of the Lord. Lord, I thank you for the soldiers of the cross that led the church in the service this past Sunday. I thank you for the Spirit of God being present in the way you've blessed and helped. I pray that you would help me tonight as I deliver your word and deliver this message that you have placed upon my heart. Help me to deliver it without fear or favor. The Lord set a guard in my mouth and help me to say only the things you would have me to say, nothing more or less. Anoint the ears of this thy people that they might hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Allowing these sayings to go down into the soul, God. We pray that we would receive this word joyfully and not depart this place sorrowfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Preaching tonight a message the Holy Ghost has titled, The Desertion of a Disciple. Looking again at our text, 2 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 10. 
The Bible said, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, the Cretans to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. In recent months, I have preached some out of the first letter to Timothy. Tonight, I want to pull something out of Paul's second letter to the beloved disciple Timothy. The apostle Paul wrote this second letter that he addressed to Timothy while he was imprisoned in a Roman jail. This Roman jail would have been dark. The conditions of this jail would have been poor. We believe that the spirit of this apostle, though, was encouraged because of the addressee of this writing, namely the beloved Timothy. And while Apostle Paul is in prison in this Roman jail, he realizes that the time of his departure is at hand. He's about to breathe his last breath. Nero is wreaking havoc upon the Christian church. And this man, Paul, realizes that he's got to do everything he can to strengthen the things that remain concerning the people of God and the houses of worship of God, Jehovah. And as his departure is at hand and as the sunset of his life has taken place, he is stirred in his spirit to write numerous letters. And tonight we're looking at the second letter to Timothy. He's unctioned by the Holy Ghost to write the beloved Timothy once more. The first letter to Timothy had been written years prior. And the beloved Timothy had not heard from the Apostle Paul for a long period of time. And Apostle Paul decides it is time to write Timothy yet again. And Paul was thinking of this young man, Timothy, fondly. He was thinking of this young man's faithfulness to the Lord and his ministry. Precious memories would have come rushing into the mind of the Apostle Paul as just someone mentioned the name of Timothy. As Luke, the faithful companion who served as a scribe to the Apostle Paul. The one that interviewed our witnesses to those of things that Jesus Christ done. Those that were eyewitnesses to the unfolding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Luke, the scribe, would have mentioned the name of Timothy. At this time, we find that Luke is present with the Apostle Paul. And I know that sometimes when people mention your name to me, I feel my heart rate increase. And I feel excited as I think about the great things that the Lord is doing in your life and the lives of your family members. I can imagine that memories just flowed over the mind of Apostle Paul as this young man's name was mentioned. In fact, in Paul's mind, he's thinking of the unfeigned faith of Timothy's family members, the grandmother and the mother. In fact, in Paul's mind, he's thinking of that first letter that he wrote to this young bishop of the church of Ephesus. But he feels stirred in his spirit to follow up. If you would, there's a follow-up appointment taking place by the mighty apostle to the young bishop that he is appointed as an overseer over this work. And the Bible teaches us that the apostle Paul and wrote a thank you letter to the church at Philippi. And he began this thank you letter by stating the names of himself and Timotheus. 
This man, Timotheus, is none other than the same man that we're calling Timothy here tonight. And in that epistle to the church at Philippi, Paul notes that he's got a faithful companion by his side. In conjunction with his name is the name of Timothy. And I feel like here tonight there are people that your name is in conjunction with the name of Jesus Christ. That you realize you are part of the family of God. Specifically, you are the bride of Christ. And when somebody speaks the name Christ, you feel like you are a part of him. I know when somebody speaks the name Nathaniel Howell, Sister Rachel feels like she is half of Nathaniel Howell. And without one another, there is no completeness or, or no wholeness. If you speak the name Jeremiah Howell, Sister Leah feels like she is the other half to Jeremiah Howell. And we'll let these two couples decide who is the better half. But I recognize that the Apostle Paul would have been the superior or the better half to this companionship between him and this young man, Timothy. We find that this young man, Timothy, never got out of bounds. In other words, he never got too big for his britches, as the country boy would say. We find that this young man, Timothy, has remained in his proper place, in his respective place. You see, so Apostle Paul is not hesitant or reluctant at all to mention the young man, Timothy's name in this epistle to Philippi. The Bible teaches us that in the 20th verse of the second chapter, Paul said concerning Timothy, For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. Verse number 19 tells the reader that Paul wants to send Timothy to them so that he may be comforted and learn more about their current situation and status. In other words, the apostle Paul can rely on the report that is given to him regarding this church because this young man Timothy is a man of good report and good reputation. In fact, he had been recommended by the elders of the local assembly to accompany the Apostle Paul on some missionary trips. And so Apostle Paul would have thought of the dedication of this disciple. The first point that I would like for you to consider is the dedication of this disciple, Timothy. And I would like for you to reflect upon your walk with the Lord and have you been determined along the way to make sure that there's nothing coming between you and your Savior. Amen. The lyrics in one specific song says, nothing between my soul and the Savior so that his blessed face may be seen, nothing preventing the least of his favor. Let's keep the way clear and let nothing between. You see, the Apostle Paul can rely upon the report of this young man, Timothy. And Paul comfortably trusts Timothy without ever doubting because this young man is genuine, he's sincere, and has an unfeigned faith and love. Paul feels that Timothy is his brother's keeper. He's confident that this young man is selfless and not selfish. Paul says that Timothy is like-minded. Both of these men are genuinely interested in the welfare of others. 
I don't understand how our Pentecostal and holiness churches today do not have to fulfill, or so they feel like they do not have to fulfill the Great Commission. And they're still reaching out into a lost and dying world. Their unwillingness to be the feet or the hands of Jesus Christ disappoints me. This speaks of a lack of dedication of a disciple. This young man, Timothy, was a dedicated disciple. And he was concerned about the welfare of others. Unlike Cain, that older brother, to the younger brother, Abel. The Bible said that after them two had attended a worship service and God had stated his disappointment of Cain's offering and the approval of Abel's offering, we find right here, Brother Jeremiah, that there is some sort of differential between two young men. And we find that after Cain has slew his brother Abel, the Bible said that God went looking for that brother Abel. And the blood of the brother Abel had cried out to God from the ground. And God asked Cain, where is your brother? And Cain replied with this, am I my brother's keeper? You see, Timothy felt like he was his brother's keeper. And so Paul did not want to, to just assign just anybody to the things of God and the things within the house of God. The Bible demanded that we be faithful in the little things before we become overseers over greater things. You see, we find here in the Word of God that not one time did the Apostle Paul ever depend upon Demas to do anything. No, in fact, Paul did not want Demas being involved because I believe that Apostle Paul recognized that there was a wandering spirit among Demas. I feel like there were times that Demas knew that God was doing things among the people of God, but Paul could discern that this man was not determined or dedicated to the people of God or the cause of Christ. And so whenever Paul wanted to send somebody to check on the church at Philippi, he sent this dedicated servant of the Lord named Timothy. And I feel like tonight it's probably a good thing that he did not depend upon Demas or send Demas into the region of Philippi to check on the welfare of his brothers and sisters. In fact, as Apostle Paul is informing uh, the man uh, Timothy of the things that have taken place in the latter years Luke and Paul at some point realized they must break the news to Timothy that demons have forsaken them. In 2 Timothy 4 and 10 our text the Bible said Apostle Paul writing for demons have forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. So we see the dedication of a disciple in Timothy. But in contrast to this, we see the desertion of a disciple in Demas. So Timothy was genuine and sincere. However, in contrast, Demas was phony and insincere. Both men have been privileged to be under the influence of Apostle Paul. Both men had achieved the status of being known among the brethren 
as a personal companion to the great man of God, Paul. One was remembered as being a faithful, a bishop of the church at Ephesus. One who cared about the other believers, including those in the churches in the region of Philippi. While Demas will be remembered as the former companion of Apostle Paul, who at some point chose to abandon him. I know that there are people right here tonight and people that will listen to this message. You will recognize yourself as one or the other. You will recognize yourself as a Timothy or as a Demas as I'm preaching here tonight. I pray that God helps every one of us to end up being sincere and genuine and faithful as the man Timothy was, but unfortunately, the Lord has laid it upon my heart to focus not on the dedication of a disciple, but to focus on the desertion of a disciple. So why would this man Demas depart? Why would he forsake Apostle Paul? The first time the man Demas' name is mentioned, he's on a missionary trip with Apostle Paul. I don't believe that there was a lack of adventure or excitement. Hang tight with me because I'm on somebody right here tonight. And I've got your number. There's a reason why we cannot get excited in church. There's a reason why we cannot stand up and testify and say, God gave me a good trip from point A to point B. There's a reason why somebody else would have to stand up in our stead and on our behalf tread very careful on sacred ground and say, God, they're unwilling to give you the praise, but because I deserve that they're unwilling to give you the praise, I know that you're a mighty God. I know that you're a jealous God, and I'm aware that they know you are to be praised and glorified and magnified, but I come before you. We both know, God, that they're unfaithful. We both know they're unappreciative. They call it backwardness. They call it shyness. But we know it's a disinterest in the things of God. There can be somebody walk out these doors tonight and get in that vehicle and give a disclaimer of why you did not praise God or why you did not get in. But I'm telling you the heart is deceitful above all things destined to wicked. You will justify your lack of action and your lack of praise as I've got a headache, I've got a neckache, I've showered backwards, but God knows that you're deserting us. God knows it right there in that service, your inaction and your inability to praise God, the body language itself spoke volumes of your ingratitude to the things that God has done for the people of God. They desert us sometimes right in the middle of a good service. And we want to say earth to so-and-so right now. Earth to so-and-so right now. 
But the Bible said as Jesus came into Jerusalem, riding upon that ass, the Bible said that the children, they're the ones that sung Hosanna. And they're the ones that praised him and glorified him. There was a time that somebody said, let children be seen and not heard. And Jesus spun around and said, if these hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. This lets me know whether you're deserving him or you're dedicated to him. He deserves praise. And I'm telling us here tonight in this building, whether you feel like it or not, Demas, you got to praise the Lord. We found the name of Demas three times in Scripture. The first time, he appears to be busy. The second time, he appears to be inactive. And the third time, Apostle Paul is saying he's no more. I think about people that used to stand up and say, God has been good to me. Or those that were worship and praise him but their inactivity six months later or five years later their inactivity they lack a desire and they lack of interest lets me know that a picture they will forsake the house of God when did demons become disinterested my mental outline here tonight is, let's consider the character of Demas, and let's think about the choice of direction. And thirdly, let's think of this call to darkness. You see, Demas had been a companion and a fellow laborer of Apostle Paul, but he is now known as the one that deserted the Apostle Paul, the Apostles, the Christian faith in Jesus Christ. You know what desertion is. It's the action of deserting. I remember when I heard reports of a Florida Republican defecting the Republican Party. He had served twice as our governor. He had served two terms. Brother Nathaniel and Ian ran for the House of Representatives. But at some point, he decided to be a Democrat, and he switched the parties. Well, come on now, before he deserted the Republican Party, he was a rhino, which means a Republican in name only. I hadn't had other Republicans tell me they had been around him as he served as governor of the state of Florida during two terms, and they said they had never met a more liberal-minded man in their life. What they were saying is, how is he a Republican governor? How is he a conservative morally? What they knew was, the truth is going to come out after a while. Come on now. He's a Republican in name only. And now he's running against our beloved governor, Ron DeSantis, as a Democrat. Who in the right mind thinks they can serve as a governor one term as a Republican, another term as a Republican, and a third time as a Democrat. I'll tell you who will. Somebody that's disinterested.
interested in the Republican Party's values. How can they just choose to walk away? How can they just choose to desert the only thing they've ever known, Brother Sterrett? How can they choose to depart from this faith? How can they choose to desert praying mamas and praying fathers? How can they choose to walk out of the presence of somebody that would stand between them and an axe? How in the world can Demas become so deranged and distorted until he begins to contemplate desertion? Not one time as Sister Wooten's pastor or as Sister Hammond's pastor have I ever felt that they were contemplating deserting the people of God or their Savior, Jesus Christ. But why am I preaching along these lines here tonight? Oh, come on now. It's not only Charlie Christ that likes to desert things. It's carnal people that call themselves Christians. There is no such thing as a carnal Christian. There's no such thing as Charlie Christ being a Democrat one day and a Republican the next and a Democrat the next. Come on now, you're either a Christian or you're not. I see these people in and out, up and down. You never know what direction they're headed in. Are you following my mental outline? What they see? in the character of Demas and the choice of direction and the call of darkness or even the military knows that desertion is a crime. Can I say that this was not a crime against humanity. This was a crime against all of Christendom. This man betrayed the family of God. This man walked out of the house of God to never be mentioned again. You say, well, my name's been mentioned in a sermon. My name has been mentioned in the Bible, Demas can say. But it doesn't matter if your name's on the wall book or in the park. You better not deserve to be protected from the faith. What was it pulling that young man. What was it? The call of darkness. Years ago, during one of my classes, our literature assignment was to read a book titled The Call of the Wild. I would like to propose to us tonight that Demas apparently had never been genuine and sincere. Apparently, he had never been truly converted. He had been a companion to Apostle Paul, meaning he had accompanied him on missionary journeys. He had saw blinded eyes be opened. He had saw the dead resurrected. 
deaf ears had been opened, the lame had walked and shouted the high praises of God. But through all of that, he was not dedicated or determined. Oh, come on now, you don't have to be in church 30 or 40 years for you to be determined to testify or to praise God. What perplexes me is you're disgraced in trying to be involved in the house of God. Do you know why Timothy was promoted and Demas was devoted? Because Demas was not faithful. I feel like here tonight, we've got to be faithful in the little things. That's something we're wondering, what kind of preacher are you going to be? What kind of teacher are you going to be? It will never begin with that. It will begin with gratitude and thankfulness and dedication as a disciple. Well, when I'm gone, you want to lead service or do the preaching. Not if I can't trust you. So Apostle Paul uses Timothy instead of Demas. And Brother Hal uses Thomas instead of Demas. Huh? Listen, I don't care how high you can jump, how loud you can scream, how well you can preach or orate. I don't care if you do scale the ladder, the corporate ladder, the political ladder, until you become the governor, you yourself. But I'm telling you, the truth will come out after a while. And Apostle Paul said, I've got a young man named Timotheus or called Timothy that is just like me. I've been a role model to him. He's followed me as I followed Christ. And now I can point other people to follow Timothy. But we cannot find one time where Apostle Paul is saying, Hey, Demas, I want to appoint you as overseer or bishop over this new congregation up the road. No, Demas wouldn't even be a good caretaker over somebody's canines, much less over Christians. The Bible says, not to give that which is holy unto the dogs, nor to cast your pearls before a swine. God knows how to show Apostle Paul who will be instant in season and out of season. One man said, God put me in the ministry because he counted me as one that would be faithful. Can God, the Turk and God, depend on you? Hey, I'm asking you here tonight. Is God disappointed with your service? You know what you come in this trust to do is to do service. It's called a service. I come in here to praise him. I come in here to worship him. I come in here to give him glory. But I can see in my mind's eye, Apostle Paul's pushing the church. And Demas' mind is wondering, What's the latest feed on Twitter? I can see it right now in my mind's eye. The miracles are taking place in that local assembly. And Demas is wondering who accepted his friend request. I can see it right now. He's already deserted the church in his mind before his body 
follow suit. You know your heart goes first before your body goes. We feel like this man's heart was out in the world even though he's in the caravan with Apostle Paul going from point A to point B. Brother Jeremy Howe can be your pastor. He can be your favorite preacher. He can put his finger on the pulse of your life. He can say whether or not you're a dedicated disciple or a discerning disciple. But listen, when it comes right down to it, you've got to decide who you're going to be. The Apostle John, the one that was so close to Jesus, he talked about God's great love that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God's not willing that anybody be a demon. God's not willing that anybody defend or desert the faith. God wants everybody to make it and everybody can be an overcomer. The apostle John said in the second chapter of the first epistle of John verse number 19 he said they went out from us but they were not of us but if they'd been of us they would no doubt have continued with us but they went out because they were not of us that they might be made manifest that they were not of us you know why they go out so a revelation can happen that desertion is actually a revelation of who they really are they went out because it needed to be revealed who they really are. In this verse of scripture and the preceding verses in 1 John, the second chapter, verses 15 through 19, John, the apostle, is reminding the readers of former friends and acquaintances that called themselves Christians. Are y'all with me right here? People that used to attend worship services with them. It seems that these people have not just walked out of church now and out of the family of God. But a careful study of this first epistle of John, look around them second verses. You find that John says they didn't only walk out of church or quit showing up. The Bible said that they are opposers to Christianity. You go on up there around the 15th, 16th, and 17th verse, the explanation is given that they have made affinity with infidels, unbelievers, those that openly oppose Christ. Brother Sterrett, they are enemies of the cross. They used to be in that local assembly, but they're labeled anti-Christ. They hate everything about righteousness. They despise holiness. They don't understand sanctified living. And they become enemies of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on now. We're either for us or we're against us. I'm asking God to help us have a church full of Timotheus Timothy's that will not depart loving this present world. Brother Nathaniel, it's very troubling to realize that people that were part of that local assembly are now being called anti-Christ. They're not Christ. You know, that's Rachel's. 
This belongs to Christ. So this is Christ's. This is Christ's property. This is Christ's property. This might be a young lady's property pretty soon. The same here. You see that right there? That's Aaron's property. That's Aaron's. Now, brother Sterrett, you did a good job this past Sunday morning and Sunday night. With somebody's Christ, that's a good thing. I belong to him. He belongs to me. This is a preacher of the gospel. He belongs to Christ. You see Sister Teresa back there? That's EJ's. But whatever Apostle Paul said, they went out from us for they were not of us. He said, anti-Christ. What he said is, don't mistake this. They ain't who you think they are. They're not who you give them the benefit of the doubt to be. But come on, they're not sheep huh? of another fold. Huh? These are enemies of the truth. Well, I don't like the way it's being preached. I don't like the way Brother Starrett preaches. Listen, if he's a preacher of righteousness, his name could be Apostle Paul, and you could disagree, Demas. It doesn't matter how many disagreements you have with Apostle Paul. Demas, could we add a fourth point? The disagreements of Demas. We know what you're doing. You're deserting. It's apparent something about the church attracted Demas early on. Something about the church fascinated these believers. John wrote about early on there is an attractiveness about the family of God. The anointing itself is soothing to the soul. Coming to a church where the musicians are anointed and where the preacher is anointed. It soothes our soul. I think about Sister Laura before she sold out to God last year. She told my daughter Hannah there's something about your daddy's voice when he preaches. It soothes me at night. Oh church, I'm telling you right now, you've got to get past the soothing effects of the local assembly. And you've got to be satisfied. I said you've got to be satisfied. Timothy was satisfied with the people of God and the activities of the house of God. That's right. It's prayer request time. Praise God. It's testimony time. It's singing time. It's preaching time. And that satisfies me. Y'all remember King Saul? He needed David to play skillfully and adoringly in order to soothe his soul. There was something attractive about the ministry of David. And it's going to take more than a magnetism of ministry to save your soul. It's going to take more than a good preacher and a good speaker. It's going to take more than a good orator or a good outline or a good sermon. What we've got to have is dedicated to May I ask you a question? Have you read your Bible since the revival? Have you read your Bible since the revival? Have you prayed since that day? Have you prayed since that day? It's apparent something attracted them. But now they're antichrist. They went out from us. Now they can't stand it when they see Brother Rocap in town. 
Now they can't stand when they see righteous Irish in town. Now they can't stand it when they see holy Kathy in town. Demas, what's going through your mind? Demas, what are you thinking about now? What were you thinking about? And what are you thinking about now? Demas, your name appeared three times in the New Testament. While I was reading the Epistle of Colossians this week, I saw his name the first time. And that's the inspiration for tonight's sermon. His name appears once more in the book of Philemon. It seems that there was a temporal joy in his heart. But while accompanying Apostle Paul, something happened. How do you get dissatisfied with being with the greatest preacher outside of Jesus Christ and John the Baptist? Well, church, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how sweet it is or how soothing it is. It's not going to satisfy everybody. But it's going to satisfy Brother Nathaniel. It's going to satisfy Brother Steve. You mean the greatest preacher that wrote so much of the New Testament couldn't keep demons from defecting or deserting. The desertion of a disciple. Well, what we need is better preachers. No! What we need is more anointed on the platform. No. What we need is greater teaching. No. You don't need a better ministry, a better music program. What we need is more determination and more dedication. And we need people to be honest and open with God about their real spiritual condition. And come down and say, Paul, I don't really have it like Timothy's got it. I'm sure Demas had ate at the table with Timothy. He should have been sincere and said, I don't got what I should have. And so many people would have made it if they'd have just put a hand up and said, here I am at the altar and I don't have what I profess to have. Somebody talks like Demas. You know, you listen to him preach. They talk like Demas was this great powerhouse or juggernaut of the faith and just a hulk spiritually. The Samson of the New Testament. Suddenly he said, adios amigos, goodbye. No. You don't find anywhere in the Word of God other than he was permitted to go with the Apostle Paul. Hey, I'm telling you, there was another person that tried to follow the Apostle Paul at another time. You all remember her? She sung his praises. She said, these men be the most high priest. They so anointed, hear them. But there was a spirit in them. And can I tell you and propose to you that the spirit of this world were in these people that were part of this church that John was talking about. And when Apostle Paul's talking to Timothy about Demas, they're talking about the spirit of this world. I'm telling you, any man that loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. I can't imagine how heartbroken Timothy was as he got to that part of the letter and heard Paul say, Demas.
us has deserted us. You think with me how disappointed Timothy was, how piercing of his soul this was. It was horrible news. How did this develop? How did the welfare of Demas deteriorate to the point that he was willing to depict? Apostle Paul gave this reason. He's in love with this present world. He simply loves the world more than he loves God. How we love this present world. I'm sure Timothy's thinking as he's reading this, what? What? How? How? Having loved this present world, Apostle Paul explained. 1 John 2, 15 through 17 tells us not to love this world, neither the things that are in the world. It warns the readers of what's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. John said it is another father. But of the world, do y'all remember Brother Jeremiah reading that? It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. First John 5 and 5 said we are told that we can overcome the spirit of this world. The Bible said, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So this is why Demas would have had that spirit of Antichrist. If you really come to the knowledge of understanding that he is king of kings and lord of lords and you confess Jesus Christ as your personal lord and savior and repent of your sins and ask him to live as king in your life and to be your lord you become an overcomer of every type of sin if you really make your heart mind soul and body the palace of the lord he comes in and throws every unclean spirit out the lust of the flesh is gone the lust of the eye is gone the pride of life is gone you don't need sanctification to overcome the world all you need is is a savior to help you be an overcomer i'm talking about the drawing or the pool or the call of darkness Something drew Demas. There was a force that tugged on his heartstrings. The prodigal son felt that same calling. He heard that same call of the wild. He felt that same drawing. And he fell for it for a while. But then, Brother Nathaniel, he got to listening for that still small voice. And he realized there's another current pulling him back to the father's house. And what's heartbreaking is nowhere in the sacred writ do we ever find where Demas came home. We never find where he repented. Now, if he did not repent, we find that Demas loved darkness rather than light because his deeds were evil. The Bible said when Jesus came into this world and walked among humanity, the Bible said men that had sat in darkness saw a great light. And they crucified Christ because of the light of the gospel that he shined upon their evil deeds. And may I say sometimes when the preacher is preaching, when you see somebody desert the family of God and they go back to their former life, 
Perhaps they never did desert their former life. Perhaps it was only an attraction for a time and a fascination. I'm going to say it again, the magnetism of ministry is mysterious. But there are people that have never sold out or dedicated themselves to the cause of Christ. And may I say as I close that Demas took a step in the wrong direction. And in time he was enveloped in total darkness if he didn't repent. Now, I don't have Brother Jesse here tonight to tickle the ivories as we give this altar call. But I would like for us to stand right here tonight. Now do y'all know that the Bible said that the Lord through his word discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And I wonder how many times as Apostle Paul was ministering did Demas begin to back up into a corner. I wonder how many times did he make some things that were priorities to others his last priority. I'm sure there were symptoms of his spiritual declination, deterioration, long before his desertion. Young people in troubles of pastor. And I'm not an evangelist, and I can preach as an evangelist. I've done it before. I'm not here to make you happy, not here to make you shout. I'm here tonight to make you stay and stand. I'm here as the pastor like a dad or a mother. I'm here to talk to children and bring us into reality and let you know that a good service and even good preaching and a good radio station and a good CD and a good album on your podcast or on your playlist is not enough. Who are you when nobody's looking? Who are you when nobody's watching? Timothy was the same. Demas was not the same. Now I feel like Brother Sterrett was on target Sunday morning when he preached on the anger of God versus the love of God. And here tonight I've preached on Timothy, the dedication of a disciple, or Demas, the desertion of a disciple. Who are we really? Brother Caleb talked to us tonight as he was singing those lyrics about now I really see Christ as I should behold him. Now I worship him as I should worship him. Sister Rocap led us in the congregational. I've never been sorry. Ever since Jesus came in pardon, I've been singing every day. I've never been sorry. Praise the Lord that I trusted his blessed holy name. And I want to say this. I got saved in October of 1992. I've had some ups and downs, but I've never had any ins and outs. I ain't been in and out of church. I've come into church, spiritually speaking, if not literally, on my hands and knees crawling to the altar needing help ever since October of 1992. It doesn't take a mathematician very long to realize Pastor Howe's been saved almost 30 years. But Sister Howe, I love him too much to desert him. There's sometimes that I walk out of my house and go out to the woods and I find a place to pray. Nobody knows where I'm at. 
And one of the things that I tell the Lord, Sister Wooten, often is I say, Lord, this started with me and you, and it's going to end with me and you. I said, Lord, I thank you for every blessing you gave me in between point A and point B. I thank you for a beautiful wife, a beautiful children, a beautiful family, a beautiful church. Somebody said we're almost running 70 now on Sunday morning. I said, Lord, I thank you for them 70 souls. But I've been in this long enough now to know, Sister Woot, we're going to have some come in and some go out. And I don't want it to ever be said they went out from us because they were not of us. That it might be revealed. That it might be made manifest that they were not of us. But I've never been sorry. I've never contemplated leaving my wife for another woman. And I've never contemplated leaving my Jesus. Now you think about this with me, the Apostle Paul, how much he loved those that he ministered to while he's in a dark, damp prison. He's writing letters to strengthen the churches. And how heartbreaking and gut-wrenching it was for him to have to tell another young man that this young man has forsaken them. Over something frivolous. Over something silly. What a promotion, a pay raise, a pretty man or a pretty woman. What is your price? What was your price, Demas? What was your price? Well, one of the signs that I see that's indicative of a poor spiritual condition is when folks have no desire to help their brother. You got a young man pouring his soul out to God or a young woman pouring her soul out to God. Timothy has the heart of a shepherd. He'll be promoted to pastor and bishop. But the apostle Paul said, I've got no other man more like-minded than a care. Apostle Paul said the care of the burden of the churches was tremendous upon his shoulders. Timothy is going to help bear that burden. But I feel like Demas said, oh, it's time to eat a starburst. It's time to go to the water cooler. Now, has, has this stirred your heart? Have you seen yourself tonight? Have you seen yourself tonight in the preacher without me being too bold or too plain or too point blank right here? You mean somebody can be pouring their soul out and me just nonchalantly walk by. That's indicative of the deterioration of soul and spirit. That's the beginning of the desertion of demons. I don't care that my brother's on the wayside on the road to Jericho. The good Samaritan is becoming fewer and fewer in our ranks. That parable is becoming more real to me right now as I preach than it's ever been. It seems like the way 
is our altar area in our churches where we tend to the wounds of brothers and sisters. Where Timothy gets down and says, it's going to be okay. But Demas, where are you at? I'm on YouTube right now in my mind. I'm on Facebook right now in my mind. The dedication of a disciple for the desertion of a disciple. I've seen husbands and wives before choose different paths because of the dedication of one and the desertion of another. Brother Bill Houston tells the story of this holy woman of God that wanted to please the Lord, said her husband would come to her and threaten bodily harm to her if she would go to church. One day he cocked a shotgun and said it's me or the church you cross that threshold it'll be you and me both she said honey do what you gotta do but I'm going to church in time by her chase conversation and her good spirit being the best wife she could be that man got saved down in these parts, Chuckalusky. There was a dear saint of God, an old church of God woman named Betty Goff. Her husband was as mean as a snake. Didn't want her going to Holy Roller meeting. Didn't want her going to that old sanctified, righteous living church of God back in them days. If I'm not mistaken, he cut the sleeves out of every blouse she had. Is that right? Does anybody remember that? So that she couldn't go to church. Real sweetly. She said. I'm sorry that you feel this way about it. But I got to go to church. Because I love my Savior. And he saved my soul. And I've got to have Jesus. She reached up in her closet. And put a sweater on. And went to church. That was somebody that wouldn't desert. Her Jesus. Now Jesus said, if you don't love him more than father, mother, sister, brother, do y'all know that Granddaddy Golf up in years gave his heart to the Lord? After all them years of persecuting her. But Brother Caleb, when he was in trouble, when her children were in trouble. You know who they called on? The dedicated disciple. The follower of Jesus. When her son was pushing drugs through the mangroves of Everglades and at the point of death, it was that dedicated disciple that got up in the middle of the night, that mama praying in the Holy Ghost. He came home and she said, what was wrong, honey? 
He said, they had me surrounded tonight. They were going to blow my head off. She said, I knew something was wrong when my Savior come in the room and had me praying for you. And the Holy Ghost come by. And I knew everything was going to be okay. Her son says to this day, he doesn't know why they didn't kill him. I'm going to tell you, I know why. Because a guy like Timothy's got Eunice and Lois, a drug man's got a holy roller mama. What do you want to be? The dedicated disciple or the deserting disciple? These altars are open and it's not for us to play here tonight. Our pianist is gone, but I feel a good, sweet presence of the Lord right here in this building. I wonder if we could come down here and make our calling and election sure. If we could forget about the babies for a little while. Forget about the perplexities of life and the problems on the job. And if we could come down here and make our calling and election sure and say, God, I want to have the determination of Timothy, the dedication of Timothy. Preaching tonight on the desertion of a disciple. In the military, desertion is a crime. If I'm not mistaken, it's a felony. Totally unacceptable. Demons. son came back. Why did you desert him? Why did you leave him? Paul's about to die, Demas. He's about to walk to the chalk block. He's about to say the famous words, I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth is waited from me a crown of righteousness. I have kept the faith. <laughs> the dedication of a disciple says, I have kept the faith. I have fallen on Judas. I counted on Cain.
You didn't have to go through. You didn't have to go into pipe. 